I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today, my guest is Jesse Starr, who is a Claire Awakened Intuitive Psychic. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So to start, I'm wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about what a Claire Awakened Intuitive Psychic is and what you do. Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, I believe that the human vessel has a whole extended network of sensors and ways of picking up and receiving information. Uh, And I think that once we become fully inhabited and heal our relationship with our body, we gain those access to those parts that normally we think of as gifts. And they'll come online in different stages for people. So what it means is that my clear senses are awakened. So I pick up smells of things and, you know, like I can smell certain types of um, energies and consciousnesses that some people might interpret as like a fairy or say a dragon. But to me, they have a smell to them, these energies, or different people, like your grandfather, if you smoke and drink a lot, I might smell that beer and cigarette smell when the energy comes in. Um, with my own grandfather, that resolved, when my relationship with him resolved, it changed into a, a smell of sea breeze, which <laughs> cologne he wore. Um, you know, so, um, and I hear things, you know, it's, it's, it comes through in different ways. It's it's an idea in my mind, and sometimes it's a voice in my ear, and sometimes it's a sense of words and knowing. So those are Claire senses, like Claire audience and Claire cognizance, and um, you know Claire sentience, like just having an awareness. Not sure where that knowledge comes from, but I call that tapping into the seed. So these these aspects coupled with healing your relationship with your body allows you to tap into the body's inner knowing, which is what we think of as intuitiveness and empathic nature. So, yeah, that's been my journey is how do I become a fully fully embodied and awakened individual? And by doing so, I believe my, my doing so helps the collective learn. So that's my prime goal you know, in in my personal life and my work. Could you talk about how you came to do the work that you do? Sure. Um, You know, all my life I've been on a journey of helping people. Uh, Back in when I was very young, my mother was a program director for an organization called Cloud Dancers, which was teaching people who are wheelchair-bound how to ride horses. Um, And I used to volunteer there when I was 11, 12, 13 Um, And then I became a peer counselor through Planned Parenthood when I went into high school and started supporting people my own age with choices and decisions around sex and uh, and abuse and advocacy support. And um, as I grew, you know, and matured in my life, I went into a lot of management positions and, you know, and helped people guide people all along the way. But it wasn't until I was in my mid-30s when I was approached by a healer and she wanted me to join her class. She felt called to it. And I'd had a lot of issues that weren't able to be addressed through Western medicine and mental health care because of my trauma background. And, um, yeah, through training and becoming an energy worker with her, I found answers and solutions that I wasn't able to find before. Uh, And it became a a natural progression. Um, I was very resistant 
to become a teacher. I wanted to just stay focused on my own journey. But I found, you know, when you enter into your calling, the calling calls you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I just, I even to this day, I keep trying to change. But that's what I keep getting called to do is, is to share what I'm learning and to continue practicing and to learn as I grow. So, yeah. So what does that look like at this point? Could you talk a little bit about the, the work that you're doing now and, and how you work with people? Yeah. Um, well, I, as I said, I started out as an energy healer. I was in a two-year training program to become an energy worker. Um, and what that looked like was learning how to feel, focus, and move energy, uh, both in my field and in other fields, both in people and outside of myself. Um, and through that process, I became, uh, I was I was very adept at physical healing. So I did a lot of pretty miraculous, had and experienced a lot of miraculous things by surrendering into energy work in the flow. Um, And what I found as I did that work was the more uh, we do for other people, uh, the less we're actually helping them because they just have those things come back because they didn't themselves learn the lesson behind it which was teaching me the lesson, right, that help is not really help when we're doing it for someone else. Uh, We can teach them how to fish, right, or we can just keep fishing for them. So as I went through and and built my practice healing pathwalkers, doing session work with people, working on everything from stroke victims to um, seizure uh, to neurological and other neurological conditions and um, diabetes and blood pressure and hormonal issues, um, I what I found was there was a series of steps of a person stepping into themselves and then awakening. Uh, so over time, about six, well, gosh, now actually about eight years ago, seven eight years ago, I started putting those steps together. And I started building what I call the Life Mastery Program. Uh, and that has evolved over the years. And now it's, it went from a six-step program that <laughs> I attempted to teach over six weeks into now a one-year training program that I've been teaching um, and building into, uh, where I integrate awareness of your energy system, but also awareness of your physiology, you know, like how our body actually is working I find a lot of people are missing those pieces. Um, And so I really like to try to put the pieces together for people because I think we've all been gathering those things on our journey, but how do we put it all together? Uh, So, yeah, that's that's how I evolved the program. And from that, I've I've built other programs uh, and, and designed to support in different areas. I felt needed more support. Uh, for people to be able to harness their own healing potential and feel empowered in their lives, authentic, learn to live an authentic life. So at this point, what you do is teach people how to have the healing skills that they need to heal themselves. Is that right? Yes, while supporting them with my own skills. So... Most of my clients, I encourage them to utilize what they're taught in the program. However, many of my clients have a pretty extensive trauma background, so they need an extra bit of support. 
And, and so those um, instances, I also will do session work where I help them to digest and process un unprocessed trauma, which can manifest as PTSD or dissociative issues or even to a point of a dissociative personality disorder. Um, so I couple education with support and session support wherever needed uh, with the client, but sessions themselves are like a private training and education session. We have so much trauma in our lives. Yeah. Um, how is it that you help to clear trauma, particularly trauma that is held in the body, perhaps from this life or perhaps from past life, ancestral traumas? The human condition is traumatic. Nobody, nobody gets out untraumatized. So we all experience it from either the internal or the external. Either we're traumatizing ourselves with our own negative speech or expectations or criticisms, or we experience things that become traumatic. So I, I think it's important to understand, like, what does trauma mean? You know, what is a, what is a working definition of trauma that, that's pretty accessible? Uh, and I find that is unprocessed experiences. It's when we go through something and we can't allow ourselves to either emotionally, physically, or mentally experience all of that experience and, and, and move through it. So a part of us gets stalled out. And we are, we're like a, we are a trinity. The mind, the body, and the spirit are independent, uh, or our soul, our ego, and our physicality, right? These aspects are independent, but they work together, just like in a car. You know, the, um, the, the mechanics are one aspect of it. Then you have the fluids that you're putting into it and how those all work together. And then you have to cool the system down, and all these things are different functions, but they're important to make that machine work well. So we have that going on with us. Trauma is where an experience doesn't enter through each of those three bodies. So we have to allow ourselves to go through the trauma experience in all of the senses, uh, with all of our senses online, in order to be able to get to the other side of it completely. Otherwise, our system will be incomplete. Maybe mentally we've processed the trauma. We're like, yeah, I get it. But still, when they touch me, my skin crawls. I don't know why. Well, we have to get into that body and access the body memory, which won't have language maybe or won't have a story necessarily But because we were checked out for that. People have spent uh, a good portion of their lives avoiding certain feelings <laughs> or not being able to process them. The proposal that you now feel everything is right. pretty daunting, right? How do you get people to, to do that? When you have trauma that's unprocessed, the soul wants nothing more than to be whole with the body and the mind. So it will continue to create these experiences around you that will remind you of that trauma or will put you back into that place. And this is where those habituated patterns come from in the first place is an avoidance of some unprocessed experience. We have to create a space that all parts of us feel safe going back into the trauma. Uh, so for me, what I have found is 
a way of creating that safe space for us by steps of meditation, creating a place of connection, you know, with the self and it's needed with an external self, which I would serve as. How we then hold ourselves and go back into those experiences. So it's a it's a it's a combination of hypno self hypnosis, hypnotherapy, guided hypnotherapy, um, as well as a process of energetically witnessing and supporting another person. When we feel like somebody is genuinely hearing and witnessing our pain and our experience, it unlocks uh, an aspect for us that we can't generally unlock by ourselves. It's interesting that you started with talking about the body. I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you could talk about why it's necessary to begin with the body. In Buddhism, they say, walk as though you have three legs. Uh, and it is it is so that we are you know we are naturally as a spirit consciousness attempting to have this human experience. We're going to naturally be much more comfortable in our energetic self. So most people, when I ask them to sit quietly for a minute and to feel their breath, and then to ask them where in their body, where are they? Where's their energy if they were to point to it. Most people won't say they're either not in their body or they're in their head. Some people will get down to the throat or the heart or the chest region. Children tend to say they're in the heart. Um, But very rarely will people be all the way down in their toes, you know, or all the way down in their roots. And the, the way to be able to impact our physical reality is to bring that energetic awareness down into the physical and then it begins to manifest like I can have a song in my mind as much as I want but until I start actually playing that song and singing it out loud I don't know I'm not going to know how that's going to sound and it's not going to impact anybody around me right nobody else is going to be here hear that song so it stays just inside of me And that's one of the big issues I see in energy work. Most people are developing their upper chakras. They're focused on connecting. They want to go as far as they can. They want to remember their starseed lineage. They want to, you know, they they are doing everything they can to escape their humanity. And until you embrace your humanity, you will struggle with all aspects of the root chakra, which are money, housing, you know, people, safety, security, and flow, a capacity to make things happen in the physical world. So I certainly wouldn't build a rocket ship without considering the launching pad. And I have nothing to put that rocket ship onto if I don't have a good, strong foundation and launching platform for it to work from. How is it that you help people to get more grounded in their physical body and reality? Yeah. Well, the first thing that we do is um, is teach them how to use what I call the light of awareness. When I said earlier, where are you right now? If 
you've got a hint of where you are, that that is your light of awareness. So to think of that like a light bulb or like a flashlight that you could focus into a laser beam or you can expand into a, a whole big floodlight. And then I have people utilize their imagination, which is their most powerful tool, to bring that awareness down into the rest of their body and to begin to focus on their fingertips, their toes, focusing in on different areas of the body, walking them through guided meditations of visualizing cells and tissue, uh, getting down into the body itself, feeling what's there. And usually once you start bringing your attention to a part of the body, you'll start to feel it gets a little tingly and buzzy. It's as though the nerve centers are going, oh, I'm awake. What are we looking for? You know. So once we start to get that mechanism going, now we can begin to focus the awareness of the different aspects of the body. And as you do so, you will unlock what's stored in the body. And that's what the body is, is a great big storage unit full of water that's programmable, crystalline frequencies. Um, so when we tap into those areas, we will uh, things will come. Sometimes it's a memory or a story or a belief. Sometimes it's just a physical response, just pain or cramping or shivers or even what's called a nadi or um, uh, where the body will have like a convulsion, spontaneous movement. In, in Wuxigong, I, I talk about it, spontaneous movement, eruptions of that, where Kriya is, where the energy is flowing through the line. So these, all these different things, they actually heal the relationship between the consciousness and the cells, the physical matter of the body. And it is the relationship between the mind, the body, and the spirit. That relationship is the field of connection. That's where we have all of our awareness, our power, all things there are there. Um, we can start to impact our reality then. And you also mentioned that this is necessary in order for people to have access to their gifts as mm-hmm. well as to, to, to heal. What kind of, of gifts have, are we likely to find? The biggest gift is, is healing connection. So a lot of people who come into the healing world are coming because they're looking for how to get relief. From, these, from being an empath, feeling overwhelmed, or being an HSP, highly sensitive person, feeling overwhelmed by their environment, feeling overwhelmed by people around them, feeling like they have to isolate. I think the number one thing I see in, in this community is isolation and a feeling of just deep, true aloneness. And that is an illusion, and I believe that's the illusion that we as a collective right now are seeking to overcome. Once a person begins to allow themselves to connect with themselves, they will also, and vice versa, be able to connect with others in a more genuine and a compassionate way. And when we have compassionate reflection, oh, it's like we, we just grow, we blossom. Mm. I want to talk for a minute about some of your other gifts. You're also a singer and a songwriter. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that and how that is connected or not to your healing work. 
I would actually say it's 100% connected. Um, I started training to become an energy worker, and in that same year, I started learning music. Um, as a child, I had uh, tried to learn music and felt myself hit roadblocks because of dyslexia and, uh, and just really feeling a limitation and emotional and all this other stuff. So as I started training, I went on a cruise with my friend's family um, as a result of a trauma that we all went through together, and then we decided to go through something to try to celebrate that. Um, and then my friend's mother got us all ukuleles, and we took and signed us up for 15-day cruise classes. <laughs> <laughs> we had to perform at, at the end. I was the only one that stuck it out because I'm a bit obsessive-compulsive, and I was bored on the cruise. So... Um, that just sparked something in me. And when I got home, I got my guitar. I got a first, my first guitar, and I started playing for myself. Uh, and I started learning wherever I could music, whenever I found someone who did. About four years ago when I left my husband, I decided it was time for me to really let, give myself a gift I'd never thought I would, which was music lessons. So I started training weekly with my guitar, and I didn't know where it would go. Uh, but immediately I started writing music at the same time, and my guitar became really a music teacher and taught me how to compose and how to express these things. Um, and once I had that in place, I suddenly started finding these ways of distilling all these lessons that I've been gaining and learning and experiencing through my clients, my friends, my students, and my teachers into these very simple, essential uh, stories, um, poems, lyrics, and putting them to music. Uh, my study in energy work has largely been around more from that science perspective, understanding somatics and understanding how sound is an organizing principle for matter. And music is how we organize that sound into a sculpture over time. So in your path to create Healing Path Walkers and to do what you do at present, what have you learned along the way that you didn't know initially? I think the most important thing, though, that I've learned along this journey is that learning and knowledge is perspective-based um, and it's situationally appropriate. <laughs> So um, we can think we learned something or I can think I've learned something, but once I apply it into a different situation, there's always different factors and parameters and, and there may even be a different goal. I think the one thing I've learned is to, is to be willing to still and always be learning. If people want to find out more about your work, where, where can they find you? Well, uh, my website is really the best place. It has a listing of all the different ways. I'm a, I've been a tarot reader for the last 30 years, and so you, you can get tarot readings or book healing sessions or read about the different classes I offer, my Life Mastery Program or my Let It Flow Program, which is a secondary training program for more adept energy work and training. Um, I also have a, a YouTube channel, Healing Pathwalkers, and um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram, uh, Jesse Starr uh, and Healing Pathwalker on Instagram. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today on The Shaman's Notebook. Thank you for doing this. I think it's a great program.
I'm Suzanne Legrand, and you've been listening to The Shaman's Notebook. For more insights and adventures into healing, subscribe below and visit me at SuzanneLegrand.com.